0: It's Tennessee Titans talk. The world is very different right now, big fella, but this show goes on. We are about two weeks or so from the NFL draft.
1: Oof, man, I cannot wait for it. We're gonna we might be looking at a weird season, but hey, the draft is still still so much fun for us, and I just can't wait for that little bit of a break from reality, whatever reality this is.
0: Big fellow, you work in human resources, so I know this is a stressful time for you. It's hard for you to get on. Have you been able to delve into the draft like you customarily do this time of year?
1: Not like I normally do, but I've been able to watch some tape and watch some guys and do a couple comparisons here and there. And, you know, I'm going to keep doing that as we go forward and hopefully ramp up when we get closer to the draft. But, yeah, you know, there's some guys that I'm pretty high on and buying their stock is one would say. So I'm looking forward to getting deeper into this draft class and then seeing what happens on draft night. I need to mention the, the actual draft process this year, which is going to be completely different than ever before. Overall, a lot of excitement, a lot of anxiety too. So looking forward to it.
0: Today, we're going to do a seven round Titans mock draft. We did this last year. It was a really good exercise for us and a lot of fun. So we're going to do it again. This process helps us go beyond the first two rounds of prospects. That's what we hear about a lot nationally, but because of the strength of college football, it's kind of amazing. A lot of really good football players this year and every year that are picked in day two and even day three.
1: Oh, for sure. I mean, look at some of the guys we have. We have Kevin Byard. He's a you know probably one of the all greats of a non-day one or two pick, and he was an all pro. So there's a lot of value to be had, and we've seen guys, again, I feel like this is my time to mention Desmond King, but, you know. Well, we can mention Jay and Brown. Right. Yeah. Jayon Brown too. There are plenty of guys. Not everybody who's drafted is going to make a huge contribution, but there are going to be a lot of people that, that make contributions that we're not expecting and that turn out to be stars. And, you know, Mr. Irrelevant might, might have a place on a team and, you know, might make a roster and even make an impact. Right.
0: Absolutely, we see a lot of undrafted guys make an impact. The draft is, in, in its presentation, is going to be different this year. We know that, but the preparation for this, the lack of getting a true feel for the prospects' personalities, for teams, in-depth medicals. Do you expect to see more misses this year, or do you expect to see more head scratchers in the first couple of rounds, especially like, wow? that guy was not on the radar. Do you think the lack of information is going to really hurt some teams especially?
1: I think it's going to end up going to be a wash. Yeah, there are going to be teams that are going to avoid some players who might potentially have a checkered medical history, but on the other hand, on the other hand, you know, there are players that might be willing to to take somebody not knowing some of the medical some of the medical is necessary or unnecessary and you know would have scared off a team and now that the team doesn't have that, maybe they take a chance on a player and it turns out great. So, I mean, I think it's going to kind of be unprecedented. Not really sure how it's going to turn out, but basically it's pretty fair. All of the teams have the same amount or lack thereof medical history on these players. So I think it'll be really, really interesting to see how this happens. And I think, yeah, there are going to be some busts. And yeah, some guys are going to have more serious injuries than we know about or we're expecting. But then also I think they're going to be the guys that might have dropped in drafts before and teams are going to take them and kind of get some pretty big returns on them as well.
0: Big Fellow, let's start with your seven-round mock. I'm excited to see who you got. Um, First round, uh, 29, assuming we stay there. Hard to tell who's going to be there. Based on your best guess of who will be there and who John Robinson will favor based on our needs, who do you you have at
1: 29? So at 29, I went Ed Rusher, and I ended up drafting Etor Grossmottos from Penn State. I really like him, he's really athletic, he's really quick and fast. He makes a lot of big plays, but I'll tell you the truth, if AJ Epinesa were were there, I think I would have preferred him. Main difference is I think Etor Grosmatos is more similar to Harold Landry than Epinesa, and I think Epinesa has a better knack for making the big plays. Grosmatos is a really, really fast guy, and he uses his speed to kind of make some big plays, but when he gets blocked at the point of attack... He doesn't really have a, a second move, or he doesn't have the ability to break free, unlike Epinesa, who can take on multiple multiple blockers and still make a huge play.
0: Etor Grossmanos is in the Jason Pierre-Paul mold. be great if he becomes that kind of player. Really productive college player. Had 11 sacks last year. Had seven sacks uh, as a... Uh, sophomore he's coming out as a junior really good productive player Uh, 22 years old Um, you know I think he would be a really good fit I I don't know typically pass rushers that don't have a lot of injury history or baggage don't last this long sometimes they're projected to but I don't know if AJ Epinesa Grossmontos is going to be there because they're just productive play big 10 players that have the length and physical kind of stature. Yeah, they don't always, you like you said about Gross mantos I mean, he's explosive player, but you wonder about him maybe being a complete player. Epinesa, of course, did not do well in the combine, but just, you know, get, runs 275 pounds. We were talking about him before the show, the guy's a beast. Um, and just really has got a lot of good tape. I don't know that either one of these guys will be here, but I see them both mocked to us. I do think, regardless of other needs, if either one of these guys are here at 29, I do think we would
1: play. Oh, easily. I think what we've seen in our last season was that edge rusher was easily our biggest need. So I really think that's where we hit first if the value is there
0: sometimes it it happens though we don't think these guys would be around and, and they are so it's not outside the realm of possibility that we'll see them but i don't think it's something we can necessarily bank on but gross mottos is I mean, just uh, if he does slip to us i mean is there a particular reason besides what you mentioned that because the guy just looks the part 6'5 266 got almost 35 inch arms third team all big 10 as uh, a sophomore as a junior first team all big 10 and had he had 19 sacks for his career in the Big Ten, so just passes the kind of the the eyeball test, right?
1: He does. He's a big physical player, and like I said, there's nothing bad about that. He checks off all those boxes. He looks incredible in a uniform. He's just really, really athletic. My only thing with him, like I kind of said, is he lacks that second move. But we've seen even Harold Landry kind of progress past that and start to develop another move. So I think he can be a great player. He, he's a little bit more raw, and I think he. I, I'd like to see him win some more battles against some of these bigger tackles that he's going to have to go against because he's going to be primarily an edge rusher. He's never going to play inside. See enough of, of that battle in his tape. Like His best plays come where he's unblocked or barely touched. You know, I really just want to see more from him that way. But there's no doubt that I think he can be that. What bre- what better of a guy to, to tutor him than than Mike Rabel? So I think it would be a really good compliment piece if we wanted to have two identical guys coming off both sides. I think that could be pretty interesting with all that speed. And then you have Jeffrey Simmons in the middle kind of blowing everything up. So it could be a really dangerous front.
0: A couple of names I want our listeners to kind of have on their mind. We've talked about. One before but Trevon Diggs a, a corner from Alabama he played receiver when he entered college uh, he is of course Stefan Diggs little brother so he's from Maryland played at Alabama this guy is kind of your ideal size corner and I could see him going somebody a lot of people rank him maybe he's early second round I think someone's going to pick him in the 20s he's just got a really high ceiling Trevon Diggs 62 200. He's had 4 picks in his college career. He is a kind of a in the mold of a Josh Norman. He's just is a guy that athletically could just sort of match with pretty much anybody. He did not run in the combine. He just seems like a, a really fast player on tape. I could see us going corner because there are obviously every day that goes by there's a chance we won't see there's a chance we won't see Logan Ryan back next season. And think about Malcolm Butler as things go on. I could see us kind of building. Obviously, when you look at last year, uh, Jeffrey Simmons was more uh, riding on the wall for Casey, as we now know. I wonder if we're going best player available or – Uh, who Robinson likes best and interior defensive lineman, pass rusher or an offensive tackle isn't because offensive tackle seems like the most obvious choice here at 29. But if he likes other players later, I could see him going corner,
1: right? I could see it. I I had later what I wanted to do when I was doing my mock draft. I wanted to take a different corner later on in the draft. I wanted to take Harrison Hand out of Temple. I know I went to Temple and I'm partial to Temple guys, but, he's a really physical corner he's you know i mean he's about the size of of digs uh, a little bit smaller weight wise but he's six feet tall But and he only played one year at temple he is just a tough tough tackler and a ball hawk the one thing i didn't really like too much about him is watching a little bit of tape on him today and from watching them throughout the season is he kind of gives up on plays if he's not there to make the tackle which kind of puts him out of position if some if a running back or a receiver breaks the tackle so he'll kind of give up that's one thing i don't don't like, but I think that's something that can be coached. Uh, You know, I I don't disagree. I think corner makes a whole lot of sense. And I, I think we hit it in this draft. I'm just not sure when. And, you know, maybe like you said, if Diggs is there at 29 or which he's looking like he will be, maybe that's the value pick. Maybe that's where Robinson and Vrabel kind of put their value at him, and maybe he's a guy we take. I definitely can see any any variety of, of the top corners.
0: Other names that I know Landon and I talked uh, on the last week's podcast, Neville Gallimore, the interior defensive lineman from Oklahoma. Look for him. Um, Josh Jones, if he slips the Houston tackle. He's a guy that needs to add strength, but has played a lot, and he just needs to work on his technique, but he has the body type, comparative athleticism. I can see him being a John Robinson guy, so keep up guys in mind let's move to the second round big fellow. who do you like in round two
1: for round two having gone past rusher first i think our biggest our next biggest need is a tackle to replace conklin so i was looking between josh jones and austin jackson i ended up going austin jackson just purely, I mean, he's he's a massive, massive human being, and I think he can do really well at right tackle for us. Not to say Josh Jones isn't good. He's also really big, but I just kind of lent myself to, to Jackson. and You know, he has a, I remember Landon talking to us about his backstory. He went through a lot to play college football, and I kind of like those, those all-in heart guys. So that's the guy I went with.
0: Austin Jackson, of course, played at USC, comes out after his junior year. He is not yet 21 years old, young prospect. He started 25 games at USC. played at 39. 6'4", 322, more than 34-inch arms, more than 10-inch hands. I mean, the guy looks like an offensive tackle. I think there's obviously a chance he'll be here. I could see us liking him. He's played a lot. He fits. You know, John Robinson likes a guy who has experience regardless, big school, small school, has played, is high character, high motor. On top of that, has the measurables, and this guy certainly does. His grandfather played at USC his father played in the NFL I think you see a lot of those guys kind of understand what it takes you do see those guys more often if they get to this point they have the physical characteristics you do see them make it so there's a lot to like about Austin Jackson I don't know if a lot of our listeners listeners have heard of him but I would YouTube him and and kind of see what you think big guy he's a guy that allow us to have a error pairing at right tackle without uh, having to spend it at, at 29. That would be perfect. And you look at this draft, usually tackles go early and go around or too early now, but there seems to be a reasonably deep, tackle class this year. A guy that I really like is also a tackle, and I, I the more I look at this class, I think that we will maybe pass at 29 on a tackle unless somebody falls that we really like.
1: I know Landon's really high on Lucas Niang out of TCU, and there's not a whole lot to to not like about that guy. He's massive. 6'7", 328, so he's a guy we could potentially look at too.
0: I could see Nang going in the 30s or 40s. Uh, somebody's going to like him. He's really good, played a lot, so Nang is, is, is a name and a smart name. A guy that I like is a little under the radar, but I think we'll go about right here in the second. Matt Pert, Connecticut, tackle. 6'6, 318, originally from Jamaica. He has 48 starts at UConn. He looks the part. He's big, he's tall, and he looks like a J Rob guy for sure. Two seasons at left tackle. He is developmental, but I think we could afford that. Uh, he just needs to get stronger. I think that we'll take a chance on a guy like that, like we did Davis last year. I think we'll take a developmental guy with a higher ceiling. Matt Pert, you keep your eye on him. He's 23 years old. Obviously, he went to UConn. wasn't a big-time recruit, but he certainly played well at UConn, and he's going to be on Taylor Robb's radar for sure. What about round three?
1: So this is kind of where I have a lot of my question marks, but what I did, I went with quarterback. I went and I drafted Jake Fromm from Georgia. I think he's going to be available this late in the draft. I think he's got a lot to like. He puts a lot of good stuff on tape. He's not going to be your top tier of passer, But he is a guy that you can have on your roster and have him, you know, kind of mold his game after Ryan Tannehill and develop into a a reliable backup. You know, he's not going to be – since we have Tannehill – Signed, he's not going to be a guy that's pressed into duty too early. I think he provides a lot of upside with you know some steady development.
0: So most places have Fromm as the fifth or sixth quarterback, depending if you like Easton or Fromm better. Both these guys have potential. A thing on From now in this season, where everyone just kind of looks for weaknesses, is he seems kind of like a like a distributor and a system guy. Just a guy that played well around a lot of talent. This guy has 42 college starts in three years, so. The there's something to be said for that. He's uh, almost 6'2", 220. He's a guy that around the third round, someone is going to take a chance on, I think for sure. I don't know if Jacob Eason may not be, you talked about the comparison of Ryan Tannehill, might be a little bit more like that guy. He's 6'5", 231, a little more athletic. But I think it'll be really interesting to see. And obviously we talked before, we currently don't have a uh, backup quarterback on this roster. And I wonder if the third round is going to be, That moment where we kind of take our chance on one of these guys, and I'm just kind of itching to know if if J-Rob is really intrigued by one of these two guys especially. A lot of people will mention Jalen Hurts as well around this area for our team. Some people think it will go higher. I don't, but Easton or From, it'll be when we're watching this in a few weeks, I'm going to just be really interested if these guys are available, if we're going to pull the trigger.
1: I'll tell you one guy I really liked as well you know not to sound like too much of a homer here with another temple guy sorry to bore you <laughs> Matt Hennessy he's a center from Temple the guy is just a solid solid football player he's 6'4 302 pounds he played as a freshman really positive trait he's got great technique um i watched him throughout the season and really center was not a liability for them for most of the year he's just r- really solid guy he's not going to be your all pro but he'll be average to above average center for 12 years
0: another guy that i like mick robertson from louisiana tech the corner 59 180 he's going to be pretty much a slot guy depending on what happens with logan ryan we that might be exactly what we need this guy is a really intriguing player and he just plays hard he looks like a titan to me and i I would love to see him i think this is about the area that that he's going to come off some people have him rated a little lower like i said not very big came out after his junior year i've been really impressed with how he played yeah at a smaller school But uh, he just kind of looks like a plug-and-play nickel guy. If you guys want to do some research, Mick Robertson. Another guy that I think will be on the Titans' radar based on their history is Daryl Taylor. If we don't go edge in the first two rounds, Daryl Taylor, of course, played at Tennessee. Was their leading sack getter in the last two years. Plays with a high motor. He has a pretty high ceiling, I think. We'll see if he can kind of put it all together and become a more balanced player. But I think our uh, folks that are Tennessee fans uh, have certainly heard of Daryl Taylor
1: yeah, I think Daryl Taylor, he's a really solid player as well, you know, playing in the SEC, a lot of really great competition. He's got the size and the measurables you're looking for in an edge rusher 6'4, 259 pounds. I mean, he's got a lot of burst, so he's really explosive at the point of attack. He can really get that first step. Draftnetwork.com has his worst trade as rush counters.
0: Yeah, he struggles against the run. Uh, the question will be if a guy, is 6'4, 256, he has the frame to add a little more. He's going to have to become better against the run. I think his ceiling is a Brian Arakpo type. Not that he'll become that player, but you see him kind of in that mold.
1: Yeah, I can see that too. He's might maybe a little more lanky, but I think he'll. I think he could have success at the next level. So I think he'll be a guy to watch. Definitely a later pick, but I think he would be a great Titan. I, honestly, I wouldn't. I wouldn't hate coming out of here with two pass rushers, um, because as we look into it, you know, at first there was a lot of talk that you know it's not really a great class for edge rush, rushers. I would disagree a little bit because there are a lot of people on here that you can watch their tape and you can really fall in love with them on your team. So I think there are a lot of guys that provide a lot of value.
0: I would agree. I think there's some intriguing depth there. We do not have a fourth-round pick, big fellow, but I wouldn't be surprised if we pick in the fourth round, if we trade up or if we trade back in one of these first three picks, release back a little in that round or into the next round to pick up a fourth round. I think there's a lot of talent in the fourth round. I think that we will look to find a complementary back to Derrick Henry. I think we'll try to find a guy for third down. Maybe not every third down. Hopefully Derrick Henry will kind of move into playing more third downs. But for me, in the fourth round, if we're around there, that should go there, will fall to us in the fifth.
1: Well, I know you're really high on Jonathan Taylor out of Wisconsin, but I don't think he'll be there either. Jonathan
0: Taylor, would. there is a small chance he would be around for our second round pick, and I think we do mm-hmm. really like him, but he's more of another Derrick Henry type. Right? would not Absolutely shocked me if we took him at 29. I would be surprised, but people need to look for that. This guy ran a 4.39. But because of some fumbling issues and the fact that he doesn't, you know, hasn't caught a lot and he's not like a complete back, but the guy would fit perfectly in our system. I tend to think that we're going to wait until – the third, fourth, fifth, and try to find a a complimentary back. Mm-hmm. A guy for me is Antonio Gibson from Memphis. Uh, six feet tall, two hundred twenty-eight pounds. So he's got a good size. This guy played mostly slot receiver for Memphis. I would love to see them utilize him. I, I think I think that we could. This guy had 33 carries for 369 yards. So this guy, every time he got a carry, he ran for 11 yards last year. But he had 38 receptions for 735 yards. Yeah, that's 19 yards a catch. And the guy had 12 total TDs. The guy was everywhere. I think Ty Montgomery, but more utilized. But this guy could legitimately be our backup running back because he's got, as you can tell, like 6'3", 228. I mean, I'm sorry, six feet tall, 228. That's more good size running back than receiver. And he's sort of built like a running back. I would be just giddy if we find a way to get this guy. And I think it is great on him. A lot of people have third or fourth round grade.
1: Yeah, I really like him too, and I like him as an underrated prospect. I remember about a month ago, I was in the car and I was listening to Sirius XM radio. Jim Miller and Pat Kerwin were talking to Antonio Gibson they were interviewing him and he just sounds like a really he just sounds like a football player. I really like those guys who you know, the lunch pail guys who do whatever's asked of them and really show up in every game and like you said, his stats are incredible for his usage and he, he I think he would be a great guy to be behind Derrick Henry and to compliment him like that i think he's got all the skills to do it and he's quick and really I think the perfect compliment. So yeah, I can totally see us being all in on him. And he's a guy that is going to fall just because he played for Memphis. So that's something where we can kind of capitalize here. And, you know, he's not a top talked about prospect, but he is very much a great player.
0: Yeah, if you're in the market for a running back, I mean, there's good ones. Now, they're not all good when they get drafted third, fourth, fifth round. But if you know what you're doing and know what you need uh, for your system, uh, there's obviously tons of value throughout the draft, but especially at running back. Speaking of, in the fifth round, big fella, uh, pick 174. Who do you like?
1: I actually like Keyshawn Vaughn out of Vanderbilt. I think kind of similar to Gibson. I think he's a really, really good player, and he, he would be a really good complement to Derrick Henry. He has more similar characteristics, so he can spell Derrick Henry, but he can also be a third down back. So I just think he's a really solid guy. He's he's got the size. He's 5'10", 205, so he's gonna hit you like a bowling ball. So yeah, I just think he's a really, really solid pickup, especially at this point in the draft.
0: Vaughn is. Five foot 10 215 pound guy he is a one cut guy but he's really good and even as bad as Vanderbilt's offense offense was last year he still averaged five yards a carry they had nothing in the way of a passing game so that that's impressive on its own he does catch out of the backfield he had 39 catches last year this guy had eight yards a carry almost as uh as a junior in 2018 1244 yards this guy is a really good player someone's gonna like him and he might go in the fourth but a lot of times you see these running backs sort of drop he's sort of in the Bernard Pierce model Old, all we would need him to be is running back. He ran a 4 or 5. So I think that's good enough for me. I think this guy would be an ideal complement for us, and to get him in the fifth would be terrific. For me, a guy in the fifth that I think will be there that I really liked was a corner from Washington, Miles Brandt. And just kind of looking at film and doing some research he's a guy that of course we've had some success with later round guys in our defensive backfield like we talked about
1: well it's really funny that you picked him here too because he was another guy that I was also considering at this point um, but I decided to pass and go for the the running back compliment to Henry but I kind of really like his skills and his tape he's 5'9 he's 185 so he's a little bit on the small side but he's really really dynamic and you know he's a really explosive guy and he just has a knack for making big plays.
0: Yeah, Miles Brand is small, but I think in what we run, it's not beyond to think that he would be a fit for us. Uh, yeah, I think it's more. I think we're looking for guys that that are just players. He ran a four six, so he's not uh, he's not a burner. But you see him kind of in the mold of some of the guys that we have. So yeah, he's smaller, but I mean we're talking the fifth round. He is a NFL player, and uh, he could provide some really good depth for us. Uh, I think he'd be interesting.
1: I think, God, it seems like a decade. Washington has continuously produced a lot of corners and safeties that aren't your typical sizes, and they've all done pretty well. Players like Sidney Jones, we've seen. Kevin King, there have been a whole bunch of these guys, Buddha Baker, all these guys that come out of Washington and they seem to just have a knack for playing football and they're always corners and safeties and they just know exactly what to do. So they're really well coached at Washington and I really just like the way that they play. So he is of that cloth.
0: Washington is not known as um, an NFL factory, but they have been in recent years, I think because of that excellent coaching staff. Guys from California like Miles Bryant, he's from Pasadena. Go out there, and then they just become better players. He's got work ethic and attitude. Think of maybe a, a poor man's Logan Ryan in a way, but Logan Ryan had to prove himself. Uh, this is a guy that could be a rotational corner, and if we haven't picked a slot corner in the draft up in the, to this point, uh, look for this guy in the fifth.
1: Is he going to be your your Desmond King?
0: No, he's not my Desmond King. Des- <laughs> Desmond King uh, had injury issues, but he had the height, weight, measurables of a first rounder. So I mean, that's the thing about that desmond king he just had questions about his feel for the game and you know if he could stay healthy but bryant is definitely a guy that would be a a scrappy guy that oh he's surprisingly your nickel for five years uh, he's he's that guy big fellow, i know in the sixth round you like cam curl the arkansas corner six foot one two oh six
1: yeah, he's a solid guy. He performed pretty well in the Combine, obviously. You know, kind of like just before, you know, he didn't run a blazing 40-yard dash time, but he ran a 4.6, and he was a three-year start at, at Arkansas. He played strong safety for the last two seasons, but I think he's a guy that kind of lends himself to corner a little bit better. He's got a knack for the ball, and he's not afraid to be physical. So I think that's something, like if I were going to say tight and tough, it's somebody who isn't afraid to be physical. We've seen that with Logan Ryan. We've seen that with Dory Jackson at times. We have a secondary that isn't afraid to come up and hit you and make a tackle and can make a tackle in the open field. So I think he's the kind of guy that fits that mold. Now, he's not, you know, this late in the draft, we're not talking about flawless players I mean, he's got a couple of things that he needs to kind of work on but i think he's a really good developmental guy and maybe he's not a day maybe he's not a starter this year but i think he's a guy that'll come in and can provide some i guess solid coverage and relief when other players are taking a taking a break or when in in the event of an injury so i think he's a really good depth guy that could eventually turn up turn into a starter
0: yeah a curl is a kind of a jack-of-all-trades guy and you would need to be i think at this point in the in the draft and he'll have to make his way on a team but he's a guy like you said that could be on the field and not be a total liability early on uh he does not have a lot of playmaking ability but he's a good tackler he's had to cover a lot of really terrific players in the sec 33 starts so this is an NFL player in the fifth round so yeah that's a guy that I think J-Rob is definitely going to be looking for there in the sixth round for me there's guys that jumped out to me I could see us going interior offensive line depth try to find a guard and so guys that maybe were a tackle in college that'll be a guard Daryl Williams from Mississippi State is a guy that I think might be a fit for us Tremaine Ankrum from Clemson Scott France from Kansas State I think we'll take a guy like this maybe we have two seventh round picks but I could see us maybe like we did Corey Levin in the sixth round three seasons ago. Just try to find a guy that could stick on the roster for, you know, injuries or, or rotational stuff like that. And I think this would the sixth round might be an ideal time for one of those guys or, or somebody else. We've got two picks in the seventh round, big fellow. Just Kind of generically, players that are maybe around in the seventh round that, that you'd like to see as Titans.
1: Yeah, one guy that I pick that I picked in my mock is Robert Landers out of Ohio State. He's a defensive tackle. Kind of like we talked about with players at this at this stage of the game, they're not going to be your starters, but he is kind of my Jarrell Casey replacement six one I mean he's got a good first step first step when he comes out of a stance which, which for me playing defensive tackle it's always something I like to look at I like to look at your first step and where your hands are and I think he's really good at both of those areas and I think when he gets locked up he- he's basically immovable so that's kind of where you see him on the field a lot he didn't play a lot at Ohio State because obviously Ohio State has a very talented defensive line and team in general but he's not the most agile guy he doesn't have a lot of endurance so he's going to be in your big sets and stuff like that where you're trying to just cause some disruption and maybe shut down the run but the guy doesn't give up and i think he'd be a really good fit behind jeffrey simmons and you know kind of working with some of the other guys we have on our roster like isaiah mack i think he can be a good rotational player and kind of spell people that way
0: I think a guy in the seventh, I could see them go for just a, an absolute project at receiver and try to find a big guy. These guys are scratch-off tickets at this point, obviously. But Kendrick Rogers could be available. Played at Texas A&M 6'4", 208. He was not wildly productive or on the field all the time. Guy had seven touchdowns in the last two years in 1,000 snaps, about 700 yards uh, over the past two seasons. They trotted him out here, out there when they needed a touchdown. Big guy. Ran a 4-5 at the combine, but this guy's acceleration if the combine ran I think the best 10 yard split time we'll see if he put it all together but if he's around I would kind of shoot for the stars here Kendrick Rogers a guy that I think some SEC fans are going to remember a bit from A&M I think his best football is ahead of him Another guy we'll mention for Landon. Landon had technical issues today, unfortunately, but he really likes the idea of us taking a kicker late.
1: (laughs) God love Landon. (laughs) I mean, honestly, kicking, you know, I never thought I would say drafting a kicker is a good idea, but we had a ton of issues at kick with kickers last year and i mean we we cycled through three or four of them i mean it, we lost games because of a kicker so i'm starting to put a lot of stock and belief in what it is saying and taking a kicker you know as crazy as it might be let's just do well, it
0: we've got two seventh round picks so it, it'd be just a way to get Uh, not have to compete for these guys in the undrafted free agent market. Rodrigo Blankenship, I consider the top kicker in this year's draft, the guy from Georgia. He could even go around earlier than this. We obviously need, if nothing else, some competition. We have a veteran guy that we like, bring in this guy for competition. All it is is that, you know, Casey pick that we got him, Tyler Brass from Georgia Southern are kind of the two draftable kickers. I'm gonna be interested to see if we pull the trigger there. I would love to get the inside slide on one of these guys. And we, after last year, We know how important it is took it for granted with suck up for several years we've got to increase our chances and bring more than one kicker to camp right
1: i would definitely agree with that and uh, which seems obvious but
0: we didn't last year so it's like right uh, well i mean we had ryan suck
1: up and i think there was more with the medical with that that we didn't know but i guarantee we will never ever make that mistake again like you said you know we're gonna have multiple kickers we're gonna have somebody who can convert one guy that i really like this late in the draft out of florida wide receiver tyree cleveland He's not gonna be your starter. He's probably gonna be comparable to Khalif Raymond in that sense, but he's a lot bigger. He's 6'2, 209. He ran a 446 at 40. So this dude's just a burner. He reminds me a little bit of Will Fuller. I hate to say that name. Will Fuller. But this guy, he could he could come in in a pinch and I think he can be a home run hitter. And we've seen Tannehill kind of want to chuck that deep ball. So I think this is something that would kind of suit that well, where he can kind of just go run and get it and burn a lot of these corners out there yeah one big thing about him too is you know he is also a really good special teams contributor and guys at this stage of the game you're looking for a guy who can make an impact on the field as a a role player in on the offense or defensive side as well as special teams so you like to have that kind of swiss army knife and that's how a lot of these guys make nfl rosters so i think he's someone that can stick that way too and i know john robinson always looks for that kind of talent towards the end you know he wants to get as much out of a pick as he can so i think this guy is attractive in that sense
0: yeah that makes a lot of sense this guy it, literally the mo on him is uh, he's not a kind of a steady offensive weapon but definitely has special teams value so uh, we're gonna be we're gonna be picking guys that we're gonna need i think uh teams like us that have had to go all in and keep some of our best players it's absolutely vital that we hit on you know some of these picks or find some guys all off the street off the street as it were to 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 make an impact for us especially as we see every year down the stretch we have injuries and we have guys even you and I have barely heard of, that are, you don't need to catch passes for us or have to make a big tackle on special teams. So we hope we've given you some names to think about. We know you guys are excited as we are. We hope everybody's staying safe, and we'll come back to you soon and give you some more draft info. Tighten up.